So I don't wish ill on anyone. I hope that everyone lives a good, satisfying life and no one gets killed in a war. But if I see a headline about Russia using some nukes for something, um, I'm going to read that article. And I'm probably going to enjoy reading that article. It ain't going to be boring. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. The latest Robert Wright podcast had a nuclear weapons expert on. And they're talking about the Russia-Ukraine war. And I find the nuclear, the possible nuclear aspects of that war interesting. And just nuclear weapons in general are interesting. So I figured I'd talk about it a bit. So I've been hearing people using the phrase like the Russia doctrine or the Russia war doctrine or something. And this is supposedly they have a mentality or maybe a game plan that they are going to follow when they're in some sort of war. And I'm sure this is all translated from Rus- Russian, so who knows. But uh, apparently one way that you can put it is uh, escalate to de-escalate. And I think all, the, all this stuff applies to like when the war is not going good. I mean, you know, if they're winning a war, then you don't do, have to do nothing. You just go kick ass. But if the war is not going good, which is what it seems like so far, uh, then they got this thing called escalate to de-escalate. And basically what that means is you, Russia, get more aggressive, do something crazier so that you can stop you know, whoever you're fighting, which I guess would be Ukraine and the West in general, to back down. You know, you go big so that, to make them go small. And so, like, you know, what could that mean with nuclear weapons? Well, one interesting option the expert said that I took note of was um, they might just shoot a nuke into the Black Sea. Like, just because you're using nukes doesn't mean that you have to, you know, whatever. You can shoot anything you want with a nuke. They got. I'll talk about all the sizes of nukes they got. I mean, but basically, they can do whatever they want. They can. They don't have to actually kill anyone. I mean, you know, nuclear weapons are scary. So, one thing you might do is just shoot a nuke into the Black Sea. That's the. You know, Ukraine is about the size of Texas, and right to the south of it is the Black Sea, which is maybe I don't know, the size of three Texases or something. So there'd be plenty of room to shoot a nuke in there and make everyone in the world go, holy crap. Or at least me on my pod would be going, holy crap. And they could do other things too. Like they don't have to like nuke Kiev, you know. They don't have to nuke a giant city and kill hundreds of thousands of people all in one go. Um, You know, they could maybe nuke, because they got small nukes. They could do a small nuke on a, a Ukrainian air base, you know, that has already been bombarded a whole bunch and probably no one there. So they got options. They got, you know, you can use a nuke without killing people or with killing a small amount of people, etc. It doesn't have to, you don't have to go for the gold right off the bat. And so this Russian doctrine of escalate to de-escalate, go crazy a little bit, um, it's not, what is it? This is the Russian doctrine, not necessarily the Putin doctrine. So the idea of all this, whatever, this, you know, uh, game plan that the Russian military has it's supposed to, and especially with nukes, it's supposed to, they're only supposed to be used when the whole Russian country, like the homeland of Russia, is in jeopardy. So you go, oh, well, that sounds good. I mean, their homeland's not in jeopardy. They're just fighting in Ukraine, right? But even though that's the game plan, you know, the person in charge of following the game plan is Putin. So does he think, you know, what, what, you know what is, what, what's, what's, what's Russia to him? What is the Russian homeland to him? And it could be that he thinks he is the Russian homeland. Like, if he is in jeopardy, uh, that's the same thing as Russia being in jeopardy. So then, nukes are in order. 
And, you know, do I have to say it? Russia shouldn't attract, attack Ukraine, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's not interesting at all. But what is interesting, you know, what, what's America doing? What's the West doing? So lately we've been calling Putin the war criminal. And, you know, I don't think Biden has said this, but basically we're like, we hope the sanctions make living in Russia suck to the point where the people or, you know, whoever, whoever can do it, rises up and throws Putin out of power. So basically the West is like, we want you to overthrow Putin and then we're going to throw him in prison for the rest of his life as a war criminal, which is fine. He probably deserves it. But if there's anything that's going to make someone... Um, go, you know what, I will do anything to not lose this war, you know, including going to nuclear, it's, it's those things, you know? And so this expert is saying, you know, like, what we want is we want Russia, we don't want Russia to, like, lose, like, real bad all right now. We want them to slowly lose, slowly lose, and then have some sort of way for Putin to save face. Otherwise, he might do something crazy. We'll just see how that goes. Um... Now, I'm not a warmonger. Uh, I don't want any people to get hurt. I wish the people who got hurt hadn't been hurt, and the people who are about to get hurt don't get hurt too. But it would definitely be a much more interesting uh, news story if he throws a little nuke here or there. Like, I live in the West, and we got wildfires, you might have heard. And there's a wildfire, I don't know, three years ago or something. A wildfire got like six miles from my house. It was not fun. And so during wildfire season, I follow... The various fires, you know, California and Oregon. It doesn't seem like Washington. Washington doesn't get them too bad. But California and Oregon, definitely get them. I mean, especially California, you've heard. And so, I don't know, maybe four years ago, there was a city, town, small city in California called Paradise. And the sucker just, like, it got burned down completely. Like, normally wildfires, you know, burn a few outbuildings. You know, someone's garage, at least where I live... Usually it's just one outbuilding. A giant wildfire will just take one outbuilding and maybe someone will die of a heart attack as they're evacuating. And if it's real bad, you know, like some cats or dogs will die. But the fire that hit Paradise, I think it killed over 100 people. And I don't wish any of those people ill. I wish it hadn't happened. But that was definitely the, the wildfire. You know, when I was going to read news articles on wildfires... I was reading about the Paradise Wildfire because it was the most interesting to read about. So I don't know if you want to call it morbid curiosity or whatever, but... Anyway, so I'm just, uh... I hope Putin doesn't do any nuking, but I'm also kind of excited to read some articles about nukes. And so, I thought it'd be fun to talk a little bit about the history and the science of nuclear weapons. And so, like, what Russia has that America doesn't have is they have tactical nukes. And so I looked up the definition. So you got you got tactical and strategic. And so what's the difference between tactical and strategic weapons? Here we go. Tactical weapons are designed to meet battlefield objectives without destroying nearby friendly forces. One main purpose of strategic weapons is deterrence under the theory of mutually assured destruction. And so basically you can say so tactical means small small nukes. And strategic means big nukes. So I'm just going to call them small and big because that's easier to understand. But, you know, if you, if you hear someone talking about tactical nukes, what they mean is small nukes. And apparently what that means is, like, you can nuke your enemy. Like, in a fight, you can nuke your enemy without killing yourself. Whereas the strategic nukes, you know, you send them across, halfway across the planet because if you're anywhere near, it's going to kill them and you. And so nukes can be delivered 
a number of ways, and I'll mention a couple fun ones later, but um, the common way to do nukes uh, is cruise missiles and ballistic missiles. And I tried to explain this off the top of my head the other day, and it didn't go well, so... So, definition. Cruise missiles are jet-propelled at subsonic speeds throughout their flights, while ballistic missiles are rocket-powered only in, in the initial boost phase of flight. So basically, cruise missiles are like jet airplanes, just small jet airplanes. And ballistic missiles are like rockets, you know, that you send people to the moon or whatever. And the way rockets work is they, they shoot their rockets for a little while, they get up into, and then when, once they're into space, they, their rockets uh, turn off, and then they just fly through the air under their own momentum, and then they come back down using gravity and hit whatever it is they're trying to hit. So basically... Uh, ballistic missiles, those are the big ones. They go up into space, they go hundreds and thousands of kilometers, and we're probably not going to see any ballistic missiles. Or, you know, I mean, if they, yeah, we're probably not going to see those. Those are big ones. And they carry multiple warheads, and like, you know, that's the one where one ballistic missile could destroy all of New York. Now, it takes more than one nuke to destroy New York, but they carry like 10, 20 bombs on them, so they just, whatever, they would just do a grid of bombs all over New York City with one missile, ballistic missile. But that's not the kind we'll see. Then the cruise missiles, like, you know, some of those, you can put them on the back of a big truck and whatever. They're like a jet airplane that just flies in and hits whatever you want. So we might see one of those. It'd be very easy to shoot a, a cruise missile into the Black Sea. Now, and I wanted to bring up the definition of tactics versus strategy. It's not something I'm very clear on. But uh, while strategy is the action plan that takes you where you want to go... The tactics are the individual steps and actions that will get you there. So just like strategic nukes are big and tactical nukes are small, strategy is your big plan for the war and tactics are your little plans. You know, go take that hill would be like a tactic probably. And attack that entire country right now would probably be part of your strategy. And so the history of nukes is a little, it's pretty interesting. Um, obviously we did the you know, we nuked Japan a couple times, America did. I think the only two times nukes have been used in anger on civilians, or on anyone else. Did you know the Bikini Islands were some islands that we nuked, and we blew the, I think we blew an island, it was a single island, and we blew the island into two pieces, and that's how the Bikini swimsuit got its name. It was back in like the 50s. But, so I think for four years, it took Russia four years to get nukes after... World War II ended, so for four years, America was the only place that had nukes. And in general, obviously, America kicks ass. And so, well, Russia, you know, Russia was trying to play catch up, and we were worried. America was worried that Russia was, like, doing better than us, but they weren't. And so it was just, like, full speed ahead. And America developed, like, 100, 100 200 kinds of nukes back in, like, the 50s and the early 60s. And so we used to have like tiny nukes. We have, I'll, I'll tell you about in a second, but we, we used to have one, we used to have a nuke that one person could carry. But today, for whatever reason, um, America does not do small nukes. All we have are the big nukes that fly thousands and thousands of miles and destroy entire cities. But Russia, they didn't go that route. They've got big ones and they got small ones. So, you know, like, if America was kind of, I don't know, if we attacked uh, Canada the way that Russia is attacking Ukraine and we wanted to shoot a nuke into, I don't know, Lake Michigan or something to scare Canada, um, 
all we could do is shoot a giant freaking nuke that would have like 10 or 20 giant warheads on it. I mean, it'd be pretty cool. But anyways, we couldn't do a small one to just do a little bit of scaring. But Russia has lots of small ones. Um, so that's interesting. And like how much power does a nuke have? I don't think I'm going to go into fission versus fusion too much, but uh, fission bomb, that's like the ones we drop, dropped on Japan, and then fusion bombs, that's the new kind we have. And the new kind we have is much bigger. Fusion is like the sun. But I guess nukes, you know, I don't know what size Russia is going to shoot into the Black Sea if they do shoot one, but uh, they pretty much go from about one kiloton up to, you know, 100, 200 kilotons. And there's a guy on YouTube I watch who gives you a play-by-play -play of the war each day. I'm no longer watching that, but for like the first 30 days, I mean, I watched every bit of that stuff. And the biggest bombs I think that Russia was dropping were 600-pound bombs. This guy would be like, ooh, they dropped a 600-pounder. Like, you know, apparently to this guy, he's like a sniper, you know, he's like a spent six years as a sniper in Afghanistan or something. Anyways, he's like, ooh, a 600-pounder. That's impressive. So as you can do your math, uh, 600 pounds is less than a ton, but just call it a ton. Pretend that 600 pounds is a ton. Well, then a small nuke is one kiloton, so that means it's a thousand tons. So basically, the small nukes are, they're like a thousand, the smallest nukes are like a thousand of what is considered a pretty big bomb. And obviously, the big, big ones are huge, and as I said before, they'll put 10 or 20 of them on a single missile. Well, I will say, you know, they're absolutely nothing in comparison to, like, the power of a volcano. Like, I don't know how much kilotons of whatever Mount St. Helens have, but it's like, you know, it's like a thousand of the biggest nukes or a million of the big, biggest nukes. Like, if you want to blow the top off a mountain, nukes do not have the power to do it. Only a volcano can do that. All right, and let's just talk about some fun stuff. So this is, the, this is the nuke that a person could carry. It's, um, I think it was from 1961, the U.S. Army. Yeah, that's something to m mention. I think in the old days, um, like the Army had their own nukes, the Navy had their own nukes, the Marines, I don't know if the Marines had nukes, and the Air Force had their own nukes. But I think at this point, only the Air Force has nukes. And so I don't know, you know, maybe maybe I'm not right about that, or maybe like when the the nuclear submarines, I'm sure that's a Navy submarine, maybe they have like an Air Force person on that submarine ready to push the button or something. But I think I heard that only the Air Force has nukes. I'm not sure. But so there was this thing called the M28 or M29 Davy Crockett Weapon System. So if you want to read about it, you just Davy Crockett uh, nuclear device on Wikipedia. But it was the it's the it's almost the smallest nuke ever built. It's it has a 20 ton of explosives energy or whatever. And there's a picture of it, and it's pretty small. I'd say it's about the size of a, it's about the size of like you know one of those boxers bags, you know the the punching bags. Yeah, punching bag, a punching bag that a boxer uses. Like it's a little bit longer and a little bit skinnier, but I feel like you know you can't throw it on your, you know, can you throw a punching bag on your shoulder and like just go running up and down hills? No. But if someone gave you a punching bag and said, get it over that hill, like, you know, you could, you know, you could gut it out and get that punching bag over that hill. So, you know, one person can move it. It's not going to be easy. And so that's kind of how I feel like the Davy Crockett would be. Like, you know, probably you want two people moving that sucker around. But 
basically it, it looks like it looks like just a it looks like a little rocket it looks like a little rocket with kind of a bulbous front and so that thing would be pretty fun i don't know 20 20 tons of explosives um you know i think it shoots it shoots like a few miles and i think maybe if you shoot it a few miles and get behind something right away you probably live live through it you kill your enemy and live through it so that's a fun weapon and i just want to read you a little bit about a Japanese guy. His name is Sutomu Yamaguchi. Uh, born in 1916, died in 2010, so not too long ago. Sutomu Yamaguchi was a Japanese marine engineer and a survivor of both the Hiroshima and Nagasaki atomic bombs during World War II. And apparently, maybe, maybe a number of people actually got bombed by both bombs. But he's the only one who's officially officially recognized by the Japanese government as being there for both of them. You can go read his story if you want, but it's pretty, I don't know, I mean, it's funny. It's not ha-ha funny, but it's kind of funny because he was in, whichever one went first, was that uh, Hiroshima? He was in Hiroshima, and he lived, and then he took a train to Nagasaki to get the hell out of there, and he got nuked a second time. I think that's a good thing to mention. So, you know, he got some radiation, but, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times the, the radiation, like people are like, oh, you're going to die of cancer. Probably not. Like usually if the radiation gets you, it gets you right then. Or, you know, maybe you die of cancer like three weeks later, but it's not like you die of cancer 10 years later or 70 years later. Usually the people who die from nukes die early, which for whatever reason makes it seem less terrible to me. All right, I looked it up. Um... It's only the Army and the Marines that do not have nukes. So the Air Force and the Navy do have nukes. So Twitter handle, at AntiWokePodcast. My one fan that I ever had who interacted with me on Twitter, like he interacted with me for like a week. I assume it's a he. Zay, Zem, Z, Zer. Um, and then he left for six months or something. But he's back, so I have a friend. And he recommended I might look into, uh, is it Santa Monica? No, Palm Beach. Palm Beach is talking about doing a giving nine hundred dollars to anyone who says that they're transgender. Nine hundred dollars a month, and that's not the whole story. But anyways, he recommended I might look into that, and I might. And he also mentioned that um, people like to travel to Switzerland to kill themselves. It's called suicide tourism, and Wikipedia has a whole article on suicide tourism. So I might talk about that in an upcoming podcast. So thanks, Twitter user Adam Pisces. And if anyone else wants to come play with us, you know, we can brainstorm on some interesting subjects. Okay, well, thanks for listening.